New from the Horror Vision Press. Sean C. Baker's Shadowplay Book One, Kim and Jesse. If our reflections woke up, would they hate us? Would they envy our world? Would they try to take it? Two worlds on a collision course and 15-year-old Jesse Roberts is caught in the middle. Shadowplay Book One, Kim and Jesse, is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Also available, A Collection of Desires, Seven Tales of Modern Horror. These seven tales bring the horror home to our modern world. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I'm Sean. I am Anthony. And I'm Tori. And we're here to talk about horror movies. Woo! And horror fiction and the horrors of everyday life. No, we'll leave, we, we'll leave those out. We indulge in fantasy to escape from, well, not really escape from, to process the horrors of everyday life. <laughs> it's also why I drink. And it's fun. So let's talk about hemorrhoids. <laughs> it's cheaper than therapy. <laughs> exactly. Hemorrhoids are definitely cheaper than therapy. They are. Ooh, yeah. you, can, you can get them installed. Hey! Ray! Ray, we're discussing hemorrhoids. There you go. There you go. All right. So Chris might join us. We're already recording. So we'll just jump right into it because I think we have 40 minutes. Zoom is very non-committal. Sometimes you have 40, sometimes you have more. So take it as it comes. So um, let's see. What have you guys seen, heard, read, felt, smelled that has been horror? Wow. Tori. Okay. <laughs> Ladies first. Woo. That, that's a lot right now. Uh, I finally saw Color Out of Space. I wanted to talk about that too. What'd you think? Oh, I really liked it. It was great. <laughs> it's uh, it's a visual tour de force, isn't it? It really is. And um, so Maddie just read her first Lovecraft story, which is Color. Oh, you jerk, Andy. <laughs> and um, I told her, oh, look, they, they just made a movie about it. You should watch it. She's like, how the fuck are they going to film that? How are you going to make that story particularly? And it was so, it was great. It was great. Maybe it's just, I'm just partial to Richard Stanley too, but it's fucking amazing. Agreed. Um, did, did, so did Maddie like the story? Oh, yeah, yeah, she did. And she was impressed because that's her first Lovecraft period. That's interesting. That's a, a, a weird place to start. I mean, I could see how now that's kind of in the zeitgeist, the title. So I could see how she would pick that. I would definitely not tell anybody to read that one first. I actually tried to read that after I saw Color Out of Space at Beyond Fest last year. I'm like, oh, it's been, you know, I don't know, 20 years since I read it. <laughs> I got like 15 pages in and realized, oh, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't continue. I, I might go back to it. I don't know. I really have to be in the mood for him. Sometimes he's so fucking long-winded. It's like, oh, my God. Well, it's funny. It was a friend that's also into horror that told her, hey, read this story first. Interesting. I would always say call it Cthulhu first. I think it's his best writing, and it's his most, like, ex, like 
concise, even though it's longer, but it's still, everything needs to be there. So. I just had her start out with Polaris because that's oh, one yeah. of my I, I love that story. To me, it's really creepy and it, it, it shows a lot of his style in a short, short yeah. story. Yeah. There's uh, a podcast, um, the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. I'm going to blank on the two hosts' names. It is the best fucking podcast. And they've been doing it so long now they're out of Lovecraft. It's just like adjacent authors, but they cover every fucking Lovecraft story. Like, and it's, it's so great. You get so many insights and it really like Polaris was one where I feel like they gave me a a different understanding of it. Yeah. I really, I really recommend that story. I mean, of course there's so many others to recommend, but uh, to me that, I don't know, that story in such a short amount of time just instills me with so much fucking dread and paints this whole really really scary picture for me in like five pages so uh, i i gave maddie dreams the witch house and i told her look start started polaris and then here's just go through it there's too many for me to name in that one that that are great so she's i think slowly ticking at it right now so I happened to just rewatch Color Out of Space because it just hit Shudder and Kirsten had never seen it. And I had been wanting to watch it again because both Ray and Anthony talked about it more recently. And I really like it still, but two observations. One, dude, shit gets so fucked up and tainted from the color that even the statue on the bureau changes and mutates, which I didn't notice before. I was like, whoa, that is so weird. Like, it's even changing inorganic. Well, I guess it's wood, so it's organic material, but it's non-living, you know? It's just a really weird little shot that I hadn't noticed before. The other thing is, and I hate to say it, I'm not talking shit, but I think it would be a much better movie. Not saying it's a bad movie, but it would be even better if it wasn't Nick Cage in that role. You know what? I don't mind Nick Cage. I don't mind him, but... I felt like that performance was too much like his performance in Mom and Dad. I didn't see that, but I will definitely say his freak out, actually, like, I guess everybody's just like, oh, that's what he does in every movie. I guess I haven't seen enough Nick Cage movies to know that, but it it almost, like, took something away from the Mandy performance for me. It didn't, ultimately, but it's... I don't know, like he does a really good job. And when I saw it, Stanley was there and talked about how there's elements of that performance, especially as he as he mutates, that Cage based on his father in his later years. And I thought that was really like sweet and endearing and a cool idea. But, and then he's very good. But I just think it would have been, you know, a, such a different fucking movie and probably a lot darker in tone with a darker performance. He's a little bit like, there's a, you know, like a big top, like, kind of element with him but it, it, it works i mean i i like it yeah that's okay. what that's what i was kind of weird about is he immediately was like at a fucking hundred instead of him like slowly building up like becoming mad he was kind of a dick at the beginning well so that is the thing and even kirsten's like she's like is you know he has that first freak out at the daughter and, and it, nobody's really physically mutated yet so eventually you understand he's acting weird because of the influence of the thing but she was like, "Is wait, is that is that normal for that character? I feel like they haven't established him enough yet to know. And it reminded me of that, you know, famously, I think one of the things Stephen King doesn't like about Kubrick Shining or Jack Nicholson in the movie is the fact that it's supposed, the story is supposed to show a, 
you know, a man with problems, but a regular man go crazy. And Nicholson looks fucking nuts from frame one. You know, you heard he heard about it on the television, you know, or whatever. Like he's got that eyebrow cocked. So, well, you know, um, I think it it's funny that you said it took away something from Mandy for you because the first time I saw Mandy, I was I was familiar with other films that he had done where he had, he kind of has that freak out moment in a lot of things. Um, it goes back a while, and um, I felt like the reason that he got cast in Mandy in the first place was because he thought, well, I know this guy can do the freak out, but I think I can steer him in a way that the freak out will be really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, I think it is, it's a, it is exaggerated in Colorado space. Like, there's moments where I'm just like, I, I, like, I feel like I don't know why he, the director didn't, um, Stanley didn't like, call cut and go like, that was good, but can you pull it back just to, I need 50% from you. Well, I wonder That's if you can do much. that with Nick Cage at this point, though. And the, the other thing is the reason he's in both those movies is largely because both those movies are smaller movies and his name being in it. I mean, I know he's not huge anymore, but immediately boosts those movies. It gives it a, a fine, like, I'm sure they get more money from their back yeah. because of his name. So, which, you know. Well, I feel like almost in a weird way, he's getting like a renaissance yeah. of his career in yeah. horror um, in, a way, in the same way that like, uh, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Travolta had with uh, Tarantino. Yeah. Like, Except because, one is served and one is not. Yeah. But no, because, uh, because they came along and decided, let's throw him into horror movies. It's working out. And yeah. like Mom and Dad, it's it's a little bit similar, but, I, you know, I, I still enjoy both. But, but Mom and Dad, like his performance is um, – kind of subdued but you could see there's like that underlying anger that's about to pop and it slowly yeah. you know what i mean it, it mm-hmm. i don't know it, it looked a little bit more natural you established that character of in mom and dad where this he was just already at a hundred and you didn't understand why yeah. that's honestly my only complaint and i don't know i assumed stanley was going to do a little bit more of like the metaphysical with color because he, I mean, he has in hardware. I yeah. feel like color is a perfect story to do that. So I thought, I don't know, more like trippier visuals or taking it like farther with the visual like he has before. But he kind of turned it down, which which I don't mind so much. But uh, right. I expected, expected more. Understandable. Yeah. Ray, what have you seen lately? And uh, by all means, please uh, tell us about your column that you're writing right now for the. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't even gonna mention it. Um, oh yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> all right, fine. Um, so Sean's uh, web. Sean has a web page associated with the uh, podcast called The Horror Vision, and he asked me to uh, write a column. And um, so far, what I've been doing is contributing. Uh, Cena Rays. Uh, I think he talked about a little bit last last episode where you know during the summer I have you guys come over and I have a screen that I and 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 you know blow up out to the side and we watch double features and I curate the whole thing and I do allow people to pick. But he asked me about um, doing that online and so I've been writing articles where I pair movies together and um, there will be a new one coming out tomorrow. It's a triple feature. It's a slasher triple feature. Ooh. It's a perfect kind of 
end of summer slash or triple feature. Um, what you want to know? I'll, I'll, all right, I'll tell you because it probably will. This will probably come out tomorrow. I uh, I paired the birding with Sleepaway Camps two and three. Ah. Um, <laughs> because uh, I feel like they're good. They're pretty good slasher movies. They're a lot of fun. And um, I feel like they probably haven't had as big an audience as they should. Um, plus, they're at summer camps. Yeah. So perfect. they're perfect. And it's it, it, this being officially the last weekend of the summer, I thought, you know, why not go out and blow out your summer with a big bang and like check yeah. it out. But um God, what was the first one I did? I can't remember now. Oh, well, the first one you did was the Tarantino Rodriguez. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then the um, most recently after that was the Vampires one, which actually literally had the movie Vampires with uh, Near Dark. Yeah. So I'm trying to come up with things that have like uh, kind of matching themes yeah. uh, or well, interesting You always do that at the, at the viewings, so, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> My but, uh, was back to the beach and surf Nazis must die. So. <laughs> I will do that. You know that I will do that. I've never seen either, and I guess I'll just make a pledge that I won't ever watch either until I watch them with you guys at Ray. Trauma. Oh. Hello, Sean. That's all I have to say. Trauma and wait, what? Trauma and Annette Funicello. Oh my yep. God. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> wow, I'm not the biggest trauma fan, but I will always give give it, give their stuff a chance. I, I respect the hell out of Lloyd. Anthony's face. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably seen him. Yeah. Uh, oh Ray, my. Ray, give well, us something. So what, give us something. What have seen. I watched recently? Uh, well, I I um. Just I one. We're gonna go round robin. Okay, I saw the Tingler. Um, which oh, if you haven't the, seen. That's the second That's Vincent It's not bad. It's not bad. What's really interesting about it as far as horror movies go is that the monster per se isn't really a monster. It's a parasite that always exists in the human body. Wait. And so wait I thought What year is this from? Um shit. Is this an old movie? This is an old movie. Oh, so this is from 59. This is Vincent Price. Yes. Oh, I'm uh -huh. something totally different, dude. I don't even know. Oh, no, no. Okay, I go was, ahead. Sorry. That's what I'm talking about. That's okay. Oh, well, um, yeah, you know what? It's an you know what? It's an it's a fun little horror movie though. Like what I like I said what's interesting about it is that, like it's a parasite and it has a strange resolution. Um and it has a couple scenes that really take advantage of Castle's like thing where, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but for that movie, he wired up different seats within yep, the I was theater. Just that. That's yep. and, and, and so there's a part in the movie where literally, it's kind of meta, where like they're chasing the tingler and it gets out into a movie theater. And so the lights go out on the screen and the way that they discovered to stop or stun the, t the tingler is to scream. And so they're like, for God's sakes, for your lives, scream. And so they would do that in the actual movie theater. And then at that particular moment is when they'd start shocking people in their seats. So then it would make them scream even more. <laughs> um, so, you know, I thought it's a pretty, it's a little fun thing. Like I've been delving back into the past and checking out some of the stuff that kind of is like the formational building blocks of what we see now. And, um, 
you know, it's it's a it's an entertaining little film. It's you know, it's it's um, it's probably on par with like House on Haunted Hill. Okay. So we're checking out, and it was uh, I think it was free if I remember correctly. It's on Hoopla. Yeah. Okay. Which is another service similar to Canopy, where if you just have a, a library card, you can check stuff out okay. for free. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Cool. That's cool. Anthony. John, um, unfortunately, I had the displeasure of watching The Barge People. Now, oh, I know. No. We talked, <laughs> so we talked about this film two years ago. I hyped it up. I was super excited to see it. Uh, filmed in 2018, written and produced by Charlie Steeds. Not his best work, probably. I didn't, considering I've never seen any of his other stuff, it's probably his only, and it's all, it's all bad. Um, so I checked this flick. <laughs> Unfortunately, I checked this flick out. Um, I was really, really let down by it. The acting's very subpar. Um, it's you know, it's supposed to be really gory. You know, mutant boat people that you know kind of creep around locks and uh, I don't know the British Isles or what have you and prey on unsuspecting fools and kill and eat them and unfortunately you see no gore um every kill is is a cutaway and every every even like throat slashes it's just like oh they pull a knife across your neck and then some like squib just shoots blood all over the place but there's no wound <laughs> there's nothing there's no special effects i think everything went into making the masks of the monsters and they just look like guys running around with rubber rubber monster Oh, face it's it's just it's i was so let down it's such a disappointment and unfortunately it's a thumbs down for me i really hope that um i really hope that this would have been better and i i've unfortunately i've been reading a couple of different uh, uh reviews of it and they've been saying like don't waste your time it's it's not what you thought it was it's very bad and i i, I took a shot and it sucked i'm and it pains me to say it, but yeah. it really wasn't good unfortunately uh on top so it's of like that. a modern chud. Yeah, chud's a chud's no, no, a it spends of, a lot of time on the makeup of the creatures, and then like very little on the actual gore. So yeah, well, like yeah. I said, the, all, all the pro, all the practical effects on this are literally just the three masks of the three creatures, and then everything else um, there there isn't anything. It's just buckets of fake blood. That's all there is. The so money wasn't paying Daniel Stern to be one of the barge people under the mask. Nice. So, uh, buyers beware. It's, it's just, it's not worth your time, unfortunately. That sucks because the trailer makes it look like it's a super gory, like creature feature. I was so about it. Even I could zero gore, zero. Like, There's nothing in there. I saw another movie too. That was like that. It was some like insect movie. I can't even remember the name cause it was just, but it was some girl that goes on vacation with her boyfriend. She gets bit by an insect and she starts like slowly turning into one. It's supposed oh, to be like, a, yeah. yeah, what a fucking letdown. Same thing. No, there wasn't really any gore. It, oh, man, that sucks. I wanted to see barge people. However, um, some good news. There is a new um, fan film coming out for uh, the Friday the 13th franchise. Uh, I've spoken about it before. Last time it was Never Hike Alone. Uh, this one's called Never Hike in the Snow. So the final uh, call for, I think, Blu-ray pre-orders and, you know, to get your name in the thanks on the Indiegogo is still live. Um, how many more days are left on that? As, so we're recording this Saturday night, the 5th. As of tomorrow, the 6th, um, it is eight days left. 
Yeah, so definitely uh, I would pledge, get a, get a Blu-ray if you don't have the original. Uh, well, the, the first Never Hike Alone, um, that one's also up for grabs as well. You can pick that up. But this one is a Friday the 13th film where I guess some you know poor bastards ends up going across uh, Camp Crystal Lake in the winter, which is cool because we've never seen uh, a winter-themed Friday the 13th film. It's got to exist in the fucking snow somewhere. So here we go. And, um, you know, it just looks looks pretty fucking rad, actually. And, and I trust the hands that it's in because the first one was spectacular. Me not being a big fan of a lot of slashers, um, I was completely head over heels for this Friday the 13th fan film. It was amazing. And I highly implore everybody to get on on board. You know, hell, just to get your name on the Blu-ray. You know, it's, it's you know, fucking after seeing that and then because you showed me that what, what two years ago or something and then re-watching you know as many of the friday the 13th as i could and realizing that other than adams i pretty much other than adams and chris mcglover's dance and whatever number that is for <laughs> i pretty much hate them and yeah. they're so i mean they have moments the first one has moments whatever but like these are solid like or i mean i'm assuming the next one will be and the next one this never hike in the snow. You said they're bringing back the original actor as Tommy Jarvis, right? Yeah. I mean, it's that's fucking correct. crazy. Like the movies can't even get it together to do anything that like the well, they can't even make a movie. But and the first oh. one's available to watch. I mean, just to stream on YouTube if you want. I mean, if you got an hour to kill, it's fucking amazing. It's really good. Yeah. We we definitely recommend that our listeners do that. And then if you like it, support this for sure because this. I mean, man, when the rights war settles for Friday the 13th, I hope they fucking give this guy a crack at doing a legit... I mean, you know, I guess they kind of are by not suing him, but I mean, I would love to see a big budget uh, Friday the 13th. I, and I'm, I'm blanking on the director's name right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Super cool. We'll add that in the show notes, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's still up and going. Uh, jump on it if you can. Uh, so... One of the things that I checked out recently, uh, a movie that just hit Shutter, uh, I think I guess two Sundays ago, and I just or no two Thursdays ago, but I watched it two two Sundays ago. Uh, Random Acts of Violence, director um, Jay. I'm gonna mispronounce this. It's French Canadian uh, Baruchel. Dude, I I love this flick. It's it's a a modern slasher. Um, It has Jesse Williams in it. Is he's the lead, and you people will know him. I, I think somebody told me he's on one of those TV hospital shows. But he's you know the actor that plays Thor. He's his friend in Cabin in the Woods. So he's like the guy that gets paired. Oh yeah, with. that's where I was trying to. Yeah. Oh, shit. The whole time I was like, I recognize him. So. Say again. He's dreamy. <laughs> he's, there you go. He's dreamy. Uh, Jor Jordana Brewster's in it. Jay Barchel is also in it. Um, Nia Rome. It, it's, it's just basically this dude that writes an indie comic about um, a slasher that is called Slasher Man that's based on actual murders that happened like 30 years before along this interstate. So it's like, is this like East Coast or like Midwest? I couldn't quite tell. But um He's going on a book signing tour, like kind of through the sticks. And it's like him, his assistant, his friend, and then his girlfriend, who's kind of also his manager, who is also in, is going to write a book about the victims of this actual killer. And, and there's a, they're a loving couple, but there's a little bit of friction because he kind of glorifies this killer in his comics. And she's like really interested in like the people that survived telling their story. 
And as they're going across the country, A, he's finding out, even though it's a really popular comic, there's a lot of people that kind of think he's a piece of shit for doing this. And B, somebody starts actually killing people and doing mock-ups of these, like, the killer makes these insane, like, kill tableaus. Like, I guess you'd see something out of, like, Hannibal or something. Not quite as elaborate, but, you know, like, three people stitched together using their insides or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so they start seeing this shit, and then it basically runs to a, a confrontation with the killer. And it, it's, it's really good. It's shot really well. It's very atmospheric. It really brings out the feeling of driving through middle America on the interstate and stopping at like rest stops and crappy bars and crappy restaurants and staying in a crappy motel. And they use that atmosphere, which is, you know, you stay at a shitty motel, like out in the middle of fucking Ohio in the boonies, it's a little creepy anyway. So you add this kind of like nervous tension of like, okay, somebody's using my comic book as a kill diagram. And it just really amps that feeling up. And they do a lot with it. I really liked it. Uh, Tori, back in. Yeah, I, oh, oh, I was going to say, I, I think I, I saw it about the same time as you did, and mm-hmm. um, it's surprised. I mean, it really surprised me because it's so intense, and um, I, I was familiar. I, I, I was going to say, I think his name is Barichell. Okay, um, and I, I, was, I'm wrong. I, I was familiar with with his with him as an actor uh, because he's one of the guys who was like in a lot of like um, what's his name. I've got it right here. Evan Goldberg's movies, like a lot of comedies, like with Seth Rogen and stuff. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like he was in um, This Is The End and mm. She's yeah, Out of My up. League, Tropic Thunder. Knocked Up. Um, knocked Up. Thank you. Knocked Up. Um, so I knew him mainly as a comedic actor and I kind of was expecting the movie would have some kind of comedic elements to it or like a horror comedy but it's not it's it's really serious and it's really intense um uh especially as it builds it builds in that intensity um it's so yeah it's good i mean it's really impressive for a first-time director who is uh, this comedic actor who's that that's what he's known for but he steps into this role as the director and like the film is pretty impressive it's damn impressive for for horror like you know you see people who make missteps being the first time doing horror or like transitioning towards that and like he does a spectacular job so it's definitely worth checking out yeah that's good to know because i was a little hesitant only because i thought it'd have a lot of like comedy or tongue-in-cheek but no. if as you're saying no it's not at all it's fucking brutal yeah <laughs> You'll dig it. And, and it's not an uncomfortable brutal. It's not like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. It, there's no levity, but it's just the, I don't know, there's something about the way it's lit and the way the performances are and the way it's directed that as, as intense as it gets, it never feels like, like uh, I don't know, like they're being, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's exploitation because it's violence. And, but there's also a meta element where like there's a great line where the girlfriend's basically like, you know, you glorify and and fetishize violence and and i was aware that the director was writing it so that he was putting it in the character's mouth so that i as the viewer was hearing it but it wasn't like he was he wasn't condoning it and he wasn't condemning it so it was just an interesting thing i don't know it was really well done i i thought that moment in particular struck a chord with me i like it it's funny you made that comparison because i finally saw henry and it's it's funny because like this 
movie, that move, uh, Random Acts of Violence actually kind of like bothered me more than Henry. Like, really? I think it was because Henry. Yeah, I think it was because Henry. Well, did you watch the Joe Bob? Truly trying to. Yes, I did. That's why it didn't bother you. That's the only way I would watch Maybe. it. Maybe. Because he breaks up the intensity of the watching experience. It might be, but I think it was also that, like, I felt like they were making something as a document as to as to the, maybe the truth of what what is out there, um, and not trying to glorify anything. Whereas random acts of violence, there was clearly a moment, like the interview and a couple other places, where like I was really felt like the finger coming at me, like you love it, you like it. There's something wrong because you like it too, and I'm like, ah, the voyeurism of it, like, kind of struck me and, and i was like shit ah, it's kind of making me feel bad for a dying horror movie nice like I, I i was divided on the film but about my emotionally but like i, I thought it was really well done you filthy whore <laughs> tori what have you seen um so it's been on my list for a little while and i finally got to watch impedagore it's also on shutter uh it's impedagore I think it's, it's a, a is a Thai, Indonesian, Indonesian. Yeah, it's by a guy named Joko Anwar. Um, it was really, it was really, really good. Um, pretty fucking gory. Uh, it had great lighting, great coloring. Um, I don't know. I liked it because you don't see many things in in from Indonesia. Well, I don't. Uh, so it was cool to see kind of like this ghost story witchcraft but i don't want to give too much away but you know going into witchcraft and ritual and yeah it's pretty interesting but it's pretty much a girl is attacked one night by a guy who's calling her by a name she's never heard and he's like hey are, is this you he goes to attack her police kill him he says a name that kind of rings a bell to the girl and she starts looking into her past so she finds out she's originally from like this tiny village she goes back to find all these weird-ass villagers and it's her covering the story of her past so it's really really interesting i really really like it it was cool it's all in the jungle you could feel the humidity from the jungle and almost like pressing down on you almost like another character uh, just giving you that atmosphere. Uh, but I, I really recommend it, you guys. It, it was great. I, I, I was hoping somebody else would. I was going to pull the trigger on it a couple times, and I didn't. So I'm glad to get a review. I'll totally watch it. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. it you know, it did remind me a lot of Vignon. Oh. oh. Yeah. Well, oh. I'm kind of like this character. Um, I don't know. I, I really dig atmosphere. I, I love locations. And it, and it was beautiful and kind of creepy at the same time. And a lot of stuff happened in the daytime, which I like. I like yeah. when one steps out of the darkness, really makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, and it did that a lot. And it gave you this sense of dread. Nice. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm down. Ray, talk about another one. Okay. Um, um, I saw The Brood, the old Cronenberg uh, movie on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. I'd never seen it, so I thought, you know what? I saw, I, I, got, I, I was checking out HBO Max, I saw it in there, and I was like, dude, I'm going to watch this. I really liked it. It's a lot of fun. It's, um, it's a really interesting concept. I mean, because 
I'd heard about it and the whole thing where this woman is like manifesting these babe, like these children out of her that are then executing her will. But it being Cronenberg, it has a fucking excellent explanation, which is she's at this um, institute being treated by this doctor who's played excellently by Oliver Reed. He's always, I love, I love seeing him in film. And um, he's this psycho parapsychologist that is explaining that, um, I forget, I think, if I remember correctly, it's called psychoplasmics to treat his patients, which is manifesting their emotional pain through uh, physical, physical uh, uh, like things like uh, wounds and things like that that would heal real quickly. And this woman literally manifests her rage into these little creatures. And it's a little bit hokey because of that, because they're like these little kids that are like mutants that are attacking people. But there's some fantastic moments in it, and especially this moment towards the end where the husband confronts the wife and he sees what's going on. And you just have to see the scene. She, she does this fantastically creepy, like thing that I I've only seen animals do like cats that, that you see it and you're just like, Holy shit, that's fucking nuts. Like she committed to this moment, but I, I, I really appreciate his early stuff. Like, knowing that he's like such he's like not only a scientific mind but he's an atheist like he doesn't give into doing like well let's do something that's metaphysical or let's do something that's spiritual it's all based on like science that is a possible concept so it's i thought it was a lot of great i thought it was a pretty good movie that is a great movie i agree great body horror yeah pretty gross i know what i know what <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's an impressive moment isn't it you're just like holy shit she's committing to that moment holy fuck. Gross. <laughs> i recently had a couple of instances where i was able to piece together some time to watch the theories based on ray's uh, review recently i didn't find a lot of redeeming qualities in it um the gore was spectacular all the practical effects were pretty fucking awesome um, as far as the slashers in it, I, they were all very cookie cutter, uh, with the exception of one who had like this, uh, garb, kind of like an armor made of like other human body parts. It was pretty interesting looking, um, concept wise, not too original. Um, it borrowed from 12 other movies I can pull off the top of my head. Uh, so it's, you're not seeing a lot of, of new concepts here. Um, but it was it was it was quasi entertaining. I honestly though I'm not going to recommend it to, to anybody else though. Just <laughs> it is what it is. But you know, like I said, I uh, I saw a couple of kill shots online. I was like, all right, let's see if this is up my alley. And unfortunately, it wasn't. So I hate to do uh, two bad reviews. And but I, I was looking for some better qualities in the film, and unfortunately, it just didn't do it for me. Who's next? So I watched, another movie I watched is uh, from this year. It's George Popov's The Droving. And this is a really quiet movie. I really, really liked it. It goes immediately into um, kind of a subgenre I have in my head. That's, I, I call UK occult films. And 
the movies in this, it's like Ben Wheatley's Kill List, Ben Wheatley's A Field in England, which admittedly I still have not finished. I need to do that. It's, that's a very time and place movie. Um, uh, I just bought that, actually. Really? That's yeah, cool. Field in England. I just bought it. Um, then another one, uh, Colm McCarthy's Outcast. So this is th- – that movie – I keep trying to tell people about the movie Outcast, and it's hard because there's a bunch of movies called Outcast, which <laughs> bugs me. Um, but um, it's a particular one. You have to get the one Cole McCarthy. It's on Prime, actually, uh, free with Prime right now. But at any rate, The Droving, very simple setup. A, it takes place, and it's either it's an island. I couldn't tell if it was a Scottish island or if it was a like Northern British island. I'm not quite sure. And, and admittedly I dozed off for a little bit at the beginning. I need to go back and rewatch the whole thing. But that being said, uh, main character comes home from, uh, desert conflict and finds out his sister, his younger sister has been missing for like about a year. Uh, main character Martin is played by Daniel Oldroyd does a fantastic job it's also a very small cast so he starts going through their their friends and her friends and and asking people like you know where was where did you see her last blah 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 and he has this underlying violence but it's it's like man he plays it so well so sublime like there's only moments when it comes out and even when it comes out like there's a part where he tells a friend like basically he threatens her daughter. Like, if you don't tell me, do you want me to go and do, I forget exactly how he threatens her, but he says it in such a spooky, like quiet way. And then there's a couple times when he loses his temper and screams at somebody and it's very fleeting. And it's just so much more powerful because it's so fleeting. And then what ends up happening is I won't, you know, give spoilers, but he finds out that she had known some people that were in this weird cult. And there's this festival in this area. It's a pagan festival. It's a real thing. It's called the droving. And it's like every year year they do this and it's supposed to have something to do with the crops. So there's like a wicker man element a little bit, but basically in the, in the midst of this festival, people wear masks and stuff like that. He encounters some guys that are in this cult and then he fucks them up and they point him in another direction. And this other direction is leading him towards what seems to be finding a person or entity called the merchant who has something to do with his sister's disappearance and everything about the way it's played. I just adored. It's just, man, you know, like probably the, out of those UK occult films, the tone is similar to dog soldiers, except dog soldiers has obviously got a bigger budget, albeit not a huge budget. But it also has like the military element with like automatic weapons and explosions, and it has the best werewolves I've ever seen. Certainly, maybe not the best. Everybody, you know, everybody won't agree with that, but they're great, right? So that movie has a it has a bigger budget, but it also has it's it's a more bombastic premise and execution. These movies have a similar feel because they're so British and they're steeped in the countryside and in like the moors and just traditions and things like that. So, man, I don't know. I really, really liked it. I guess Wicker Man would also fit into that category. I guess maybe, in my mind, I'm thinking only of the modern ones. There's a similarity because they're they're all shot digitally and they just they look a certain way. There's a certain way that the digital camera makes, you know, the the British 
tenements and like abandoned swing sets in those tenement yards and and fences and and the moors and stuff like that it's, it looks a certain way and those movies all have that in common so but i yeah george popoff director uh daniel oldroyd the main character so good highly recommended streaming on prime right now for free included so uh anthony actually i'm gonna pass it on to ray oh uh well let me see. Let me look at my list here. Oh, before that, uh, let me say sorry. I did, you know. I, <laughs> but yeah, I guess not every reviews for everybody. I'm sorry you didn't like uh, um, the. I forget that I just blanked on the name the of Furies. it right now. The Furies as much. Oh no, dude. I, I you know, <laughs> I, I, I listened to your review, and you know, I, I still wanted to make up uh, my own, my own, uh, you know, idea about what I. I how I was going to take the film when I watched it and, you know, my, the way I, what I took away from it, you know, was, was different, but yeah, that, that doesn't, doesn't mean you did a bad thing. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Cause I, oh, I tried to, as soon as we were done, I was going to drive to Ray's house and fucking, you know, beat him up. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Pucker up boys. It's hammer time. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, that's funny. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, well, I guess I'll pa- I'm going to pair two movies together, and that is because uh, they just hit Shutter. I rewatched Bram Stoker's Dracula, oh, and so I checked out Vampire Lovers. Um, and the reason I'm pairing them together is because they're vampire stories, and I never realized how much Bram Stoker's Dracula is uh, like an homage to those old Hammer movies. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the way they're the look of them, and even like the way they progress. And it's not because of what it's not because it's inaccurate for the book, it's because so many of those hammer like vampire movies really borrow from that text, really borrow from the original Dracula to inform how they progress. So, like, there's so many of them, like the vampire lovers, it's it's instead of a a main vampire that's a man it's a woman who keeps um being invited into people's homes and she uh, assu- like a assu- like gets to be friends with the young daughters who are probably like in their late teens and she's this young attractive appearing woman and so she becomes friends with them and then eventually beca- like seduces them and like changes them into vampires and um hmm. It was enjoyable. Like it's really, it, I, I, it's funny because of the period it's in. I think it was made in seventy one or sixty nine. Um, it's very sexy. A uh, lot of nudity, uh, and I was like, "Well, I, that," I, and everyone's attractive, so I was like, "This isn't bad." Um, but uh, it's it's enjoyable. I mean, it's you know, it's light fare. Like I, I sometimes look for things like that to have like. You know, I don't want to, I, I feel like I want to watch something, but I don't necessarily want to invest myself in something super heavy. So it's, it, it's like fair. It's easy to watch. It's easy to digest. Um, but Dracula, yeah, I still really enjoy the hell out of that movie. It's a lot. It's a great movie. Um, and I remember people really getting down on some of the performances, but I really don't mind Keanu or Winona writers, uh, like either even their accents in the film. Like I just, I look over them and I'm like, eh, I just don't mind it. I, I think it's an okay movie. Man, Go I ahead. gotta say, I, I I gotta say, 
I felt the same way for a long time. And in the early 2000s, a friend of mine pointed out how bad Keanu is. And I, I really like Keanu Reeves. Um, I can't unsee it now, man. I try. I try. If you remember, there there used to be this thing they do an infomercial, infomercial for called Slam Man. It was this blue, like, dummy thing that people would box and it, like, was on. It looked like a yes. man. It, so this house that I shared with some friends for a while, we rented it, like, in Chicago, there was one of those there. And my friend did this thing where he did, he imitated, we were all drinking or whatever, and he imitated Gary Oldman's Dracula, but with Slam Man as Keanu Reeves. And it was fucking amazing because it was not far off. <laughs> like, the blood, it drips from the sea, it, it goes up. I went, nothing, it meant nothing, not impressed. No, it was great, great. Anyway, sorry. Dracula was one of the first times I'd ever seen Monica Bellucci on film. And uh, I fell in love immediately. And I didn't see her again until I think it was um, Brotherhood of the Wolf. And then I was oh. like, oh, my God, so that's her. Oh, yeah. And then I went down like one of those holes and, you know, watched Irreversible and every other <laughs> film she'd ever done, Malena, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, she's amazing actress and just all around grade A gorgeous gal. Dude, you know what's yeah. funny? She's actually in Twin Peaks The Return as really? herself. <laughs> and it's like. Of it's, course. <laughs> it's this, this scene where David Lynch is telling somebody a dream he had where he meets Monica. So David Lynch's character, Gordon, the, the, you know, Gordon Cole, the FBI chief or whatever, he's telling somebody about how he had a dream where he met Monica Bellucci at a cafe, at a sidewalk cafe, and I forget if it's Italy. And it's, it's just such a weird scene, but it's like, a, like he just used her like as herself. It was so cool. Anyway, sorry. If you've got the money, yeah, bring her in. You know, yeah. you got it. But. Yeah, dude, I love, I love Dracula. I love that fucking movie. That the opening, the red armor. Yeah, it, the wolf armor. Some, yeah. Oh, if somebody it's made an cool. action figure of that, oh god. I mean, it's just it looks amazing. I've never seen anything that looks like that before. So cool. You know, the one thing I would say about uh, his perform about Keanu's performance, and I know what you're talking about is that I think what, what the, one of the things that they were trying to do with it was that they're trying to emphasize how, much, how like stuffy his character is and how yes. stuffy the English are compared to Dracula. Because the big thing about the book, like, and if you, if, you, if you haven't, like if you're out there listening and you have not read the original book, go back and read it. It's fantastic. The style is amazing. It's written in this epistolary style, which they try to mimic the best they can in the book, in the movie, which is yeah. they keep shifting it from like one person telling the story to another. It really happens a lot more in the book. But um, one of the things that's really there in the book, and maybe this doesn't come across well on screen, is that the character of, of Dracula is supposed to be so like lascivious. Like he's... He's he's all the things that they aren't in Victorian England. He's passion and 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 um, what's the words I'm looking for? It's like sex, it, man. It's like when yes, he's got sex in the exactly. Garden and he's the in the yeah. hand wolf form. It's like you don't know if he's fucking biting her or fucking her. And that's what's so I think great it's about supposed it. to be a little bit of both. Yeah, hey, I well, honestly well, think it's supposed to be a little bit of both. And like the whole thing of like. When when the vampires attack, like when they, you know, when they, when those the three brides of Dracula first attack him, um, Keanu's character Harker, like it's not only like an attack, but he's enjoying it too. Like yeah, that's yeah. the thing about the the character, the vampires. You're, 
it's it's supposed to draw you in and you're supposed to be uh, uh, in pain but at the same time like enjoying it too it's a yeah it, it, it's it's outside of the moral boundaries of that society so that's a really a little bit of what point. they're trying to accomplish and i always felt like I, it's been a really fucking long time since i read them but ann rice's and you know i read like her first five or six or seven of the vampire books and that has that where it's like the way she describes when they're when they're feeding when they're sucking the blood for both yeah if i remember correctly both the vampire and the victim it's this it's it's it you know it's like sex because it's it's yeah it um increasing in pleasure and pain and like there you know there's a climax coming and it's just i always thought she nailed it i would love to go back and read those again at some point i i don't know if i'd have the patience for them but when i was like a senior in high school dude i mean i would like literally smoke a bunch of dope read interview or lestat or whatever and listen to typo negative and i was in heaven it was amazing so try to recreate that at some point Anthony, you got one? No, not after that speech. Ah. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I, that's that's about all I've had for this uh, this week. You know, like I, I've I've said before, you know, time is fleeting for me at the moment. Is anything you're looking forward to? Barge people too, perhaps? No, God, <laughs> no but I was going to actually pose that question to you guys. Is there Even barge you guys are looking forward to? Dude, the the um. Well, wait, hold on. Let me do one more, and then we'll go with the we'll go with that. So, absolutely. Real quick, um, hit Netflix recently. We summon the darkness. I don't think I talked about this last time. Oh, there, I watched that. There's two I forgot to talk about. We summon the darkness. I fucking loved. I absolutely loved it. High praise. Um, I. I had a bit of an adverse reaction to Satanic Panic when it came out, and I had rented that, so that was before it hit Shudder. And, and, like, it was okay. I don't know. I feel like maybe I need to watch it again. But that movie, what, like, the marketing for that ramped up about the time the marketing for We Summon the Darkness ramped up, I feel like, or they were somehow in the same, you know, time frame. And because it's similar a little bit like i backed off we summon the darkness so that hit vod and i didn't rent it and now i feel bad because i would like to give him my money but even the, i even saw where this movie was going from you know five like 10 minutes in i knew exactly where it was going it doesn't matter it's a great ride i really really liked it all the performances were fucking great just a, a damn good time and and amazingly there's like that house, I believe it's in Indiana. Like I believe they filmed it in Indiana. I, if I, so I've been to that house. I haven't been to that exact house, but that is a type of house, that exact front yard with the pine trees and whatnot. I, man, I've been to a house like that. And it, it honestly, it made me want to move to Indiana. Like I, I started <laughs> thinking we, we spent like two weeks looking at houses in Indiana. The only thing that stopped us is I don't know what I do for a living there. <laughs> So, but it's it's so cheap to live and i'm like oh, i'd be kind of near chicago and blah 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 and without you know anyway whatever but i i really liked it what do you think of it ray i really liked it too i thought it was a lot of fun um I, it's funny that you brought that other one up uh, you know what the thing is i think that i think you're right though i think satanic satanic panic and that and, and uh we summon the darkness are they're not, they're not so similar, but I think it's the, 
the kind of uh, the, the the devil the devil the worshiper panic, cult, you know? Yeah, literally. Like, I mean, like they, yeah, they're both that literally about that, and they both have humor. But I felt I, I don't know I, I liked this more than than uh, the Satanic Panic. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the performances were great, and um, yeah, like it was interesting. Like I I I felt like I knew like you were right. Like I feel like I knew where it was going, so I wasn't completely surprised. But there was a couple things where I was like, oh 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 okay, yeah. I I didn't think that, and like the little bit of twist that I was like, oh, see I kept wondering why they kept throwing that in and now that explains it yeah. so i was like oh that's cool um but yeah i thought it was a good time i thought and i, and I think it's a pretty good little movie dude also fucking props to johnny knoxville i thought he was great yeah you know small role but like you know he's poignant and i just i really thought he did it he did it really well he was the exact right person they needed for that role the minute i saw him i'm like oh brilliant casting fucking nice <laughs> thumbs up um yeah surprising oh i guess there's just one more i'd like to that's okay just... i got one more too actually but I'm, i'll make it quick but go ahead i wonder i wonder if it's the same one um i watched a shed that hit uh, oh water. fuck i forgot yeah. all about that. we've all seen this right so let's talk about it and uh i liked it you know i it's very much it felt to me in the vein of like uh fright night Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It has humor. It has it has some pretty good gore. It has the ter- the, the the horror elements. Like it's it's very reminiscent of that. And um, yeah, I liked it. I you know what? I I don't know why I like this so much. I love that opening scene with the dream sequence, oh, dude, because it set up that whole fucking character without having to spend a whole bunch of time on it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The opening scene wasn't a. Wasn't a dream scene. Oh no, I'm sorry. The opening scene was the guy. Yeah, that's right. Wait, going, you know well, I, I guess I liked them both. What I loved about that. So it's not a spoiler. The premise of the movie is there's a vampire in this kid's shed, and he, yeah. you know, he's got to get it out or whatever. Blah blah blah. But so it opens with a guy with a shotgun in the woods, and he's clearly been hunting something that's now hunting him. So he's kind of like running around, blah blah blah, hiding behind a tree. And when they show the fucking vampire. It's a full-on, like, got a cape. I was like, yes. Yeah. We're like, holy shit, you know? I mean, you would think and not that. just that. It was a fucking Nosferatu vampire. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, like, my God. Bald, bald head and long, pointy ears. And, and, and like, the weird fancy, skin. Yellow like, eyes, yeah. So, Anthony, you watched this, like, last year, right? Yes, sir. So, oh. So I haven't seen it since. Um, oh God, I, it, it's been a year. Um, I remember talking about it on the podcast briefly. Uh, caught it, uh, you know, ca- caught wind of it on social media and was like, okay, it's that same company that RLJE, whatever, what yeah, have you. RJ. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they put it out and I pre-ordered it, you know, got it in mail and was like, all right, let's, let's give it a go. Uh, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I mean, it's, you know, you're... It, I, I, as far as it being like a coming of age story, it's there's a there's a bunch of tropey stuff in there that you've seen with you know, teens being bullied, et cetera, et cetera. But how people go about you know exacting revenge and yeah. you know standing up to assholes and things like that. I mean that's the unconventional part of it, yeah. and it works like it's very efficient. Um, it's got a solid amount of practical gore in it. Like yeah. it's it's a pretty good flick, man. And uh, I was quite surprised that Shudder got it 
so late, honestly, but I haven't seen it anywhere else. Um, I think it may I have been stint on Netflix. Somebody told me that I'm, I may be wrong about it, but no, I enjoyed the hell out of that, man. I was really glad to add that one to the collection. Um, I'm, I'm happy that it's, it's getting, uh, getting a lot more uh, viewership now. I'm really, really stoked about that. Hopefully uh, this guy does some, some new, I'd like to see some new material from this director, actually. Yeah, Frank Sabatella. I, I, I can't wait to see what he does next because I, I think, I think this will give him some wings. So, and if he's definitely, even if he sticks with, I think the thing with RJLE, you know, like Mandy and Color Out of Space, they're. I think they give their movies like it's a festival run, and then maybe maybe a limited run, and then they like the DVD to come out, the Blu-ray, and live a little, and then it goes usually to Shutter. Which I, I think is why they got it so late, but I, I think that's good because it gives it a chance to, you know, actually like make some money with the, with the discs and stuff. So and they do pretty good marketing. So um, it was yeah, a I, don't, I didn't regret, you know, on not like the barge people, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> right. Well, um, last yeah, one, fucking fantastic, very fantastic. Last one for me, and then we'll go with what we're looking forward to. I finally fucking watched Girl with All the Gifts. This oh, I haven't the, seen that yet. Dude, it, it's on Netflix, but it might be gone now, which would be just be super bizarre because, like, it's been on there for so long. People have been telling me to read this book, which is by M.R. Carey, which is actually Mike Carey, the comic writer who wrote the Lucifer series. And that's, to me, like, that's holy grail. It has nothing to do with the TV show. The TV show's fine. I've seen the episode. It's okay. Whatever. I talked shit about it early on. But the comic book is something totally different. Spins out of Sandman. It's amazing. So he wrote this book under M.R. Carey. And I've been, I had been being told to read the book. I never did. Zombies, oh, whatever. The movie came out. See the movie. It was not Beyond Fest. Blah, blah, blah. I just kind of ignored it. I finally watched it. And I realized it's directed by fucking Cole McCarthy, who I just mentioned as doing that movie Outcast. He also did Black Mirror, Black Museum, which I fucking loved. This guy, like, I am a card-carrying Cole McCarthy fan now. And this is one of the most, like, the only movie to add anything worthwhile to the zombie mythos since Romero, in my opinion. I'm not saying other movies didn't add stuff, but what this adds, I, sh- shouldn't, I shouldn't say worthwhile, but like unique. It is the most unique addition to, to like the way that they do zombies in this movie is so fucking weird and cool. I guess it's like that movie, the video game, The Last of Us, but The Last of Us might've come before the movie, but the book came before The Last of Us video game. So there you go. But uh, just really good, and I just man, I'm I'm excited to like Cole McCarthy's movies so much because I I really like them, and I was so impressed. And this is a much bigger budget than the other stuff, and I just thought it was great. So boom, there you go. A lot of creepy, striking imagery in that. Um, phenomenal acting from Patty Cassidine. Um, I that gal's name constantly escapes me, but she's fantastic as well. The gal from um, Byzantium and oh, the uh, teacher. Yeah, the teacher. She was also she's in Byzantium. She was in um, uh, Disappearance of Alice Creed. Uh, she's she's done a, a ton of shit, um, but she's fucking solid in it. The uh, the young gal, the young girl that was in the film, another another actress that did phenomenal. Everybody just acted their ass off in that film. Special effects were fucking great. Um, character building was outstanding. It just yeah. I could go on and on. There's. <laughs> 
there's one scene with a um a baby's carriage that i won't go into to spoil anything for anybody but it's just the most fucking creepiest thing i've seen in a long time and that yeah. image has stayed with me <laughs> till this day but yeah. it's a fucking great flick ray if, if it's still on netflix watch it you'll dig it it's it's you know and also i want to say real quick that when i say that about zombie flicks i, I mean i guess it's it's kind of an embellishment but like I don't really consider Danny Boyle's 28 Days and 28 Weeks to be zombie movies per se. So I don't, I'm, I don't want to shit on movies like that. But this was just, I don't know, it was just not what I expected. And I was so happy. And I realized now everybody that told me to watch it, they're all like, see? So there you go. So, all right. What are we looking forward to? Anthony, what are you looking forward to? Mm, it's, a, it's a zombie flick actually called Alone. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard of this. Yeah, it looks decent. It looks all right. Oh, you know, I'll be honest. It looks like, you know, a bunch of teen heartthrobs being chased by zombies. Um, doesn't doesn't look too bad. You know, guy goes out surfing or something like that, comes home, gets wasted, wakes up in the middle of the day, and the world's gone to shit, apparently. I mean, that's not a, something that we haven't seen before in many, many, many other zombie films. But, um, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It looked pretty cool. It looked pretty interesting. Um, I mean, considering production on a lot of films has gone down yeah, you know, so much, it's it's hard to really look for stuff. And it, there's even things that are, you know, completed that we want to see that, you know, are just being held. Uh, the, the new Halloween film, et cetera. You know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of them out there that are just going to be shelved. So, I mean. Yeah. What about you guys? Is there anything you guys have dug up or anything you guys have seen advertised? Well, um, the Dark and the Wicked. This is another one where I know it would be at Beyond Fest. And shit, we're in September, so Beyond Fest would be this, you know, fuck, it's painful to do. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I, I'm, I'm kind of depressed that <laughs> I was looking, because yeah. I was so looking forward to Beyond Fest. And I then, know. Nope, not happening this year. I mean, they're, they're doing summer drive-in stuff, but it's out in, I forget where it is. It's just not practical. It's on Thursday. I just can't do it. Um, but so... This movie, The Dark and the Wicked, written and directed by Brian Bertino, who did The Strangers, which those movies are f fucked up. I mean, I, I really like them. They're kind of just like, I don't think I'd own them or rewatch. I would rewatch them like with somebody that hadn't seen them, but they're, they're fucked up. But anyway, whatever. They're both great movies. Um, I, this movie, are, like, it's got a Southern Gothic thing. Uh, the trailer's up. It just, it looks so creepy it looks like a i don't want to say a southern gothic like there's an element of that reminds me of that relic where i think it's because it has to do with people who are aging uh not the entire cast but it looks like one of the main characters and it just oh man i don't know it looks so creepy so i'm really looking forward to that ray hmm. um i was uh, just to add to something you were just saying about that uh beyond fest that yeah i you know you're right that they're, they're having that drive-in series but it's like 52 miles away it's out in montclair yeah that's it montclair. which doesn't sound far to most people but i mean it's on thursday nights too and it's it's good double features but it's on thursday nights and like you know i i, I think you probably have to wake up early on fridays yeah. i occasionally have to it switches out, but I mean, you know, that's kind of rough for a Thursday night to drive out somewhere and it doesn't start to like eight or nine and it's two movies. 
So you're not getting home until sometime after midnight, yeah. which is hard. It's hard for, you know, when you have a regular working schedule. Um, but uh, in reference to the question, I, I just wanted to look up real quick, and I, I just have, like, my top four uh, would be Ante Antebellum, wow. Candyman, Antlers, and Halloween Kills. Which okay. I don't know when those where we're gonna get to see Halloween those. Halloween Kills but. is next October now, I believe. Ah, shit. Um, Ante Bummer. Antebellum. I've but. seen a couple things recently that it seems like it might be soon. Antlers mm. is still swimming it's in, in limbo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was though. supposed to be May, and now God knows when we're gonna get to see that. Um, I, it's the same, I think they're like it's the same for Candyman. Like I think that they maybe are tentatively doing something, but like who knows when we're gonna get to see that now? Yeah. So I mean, th I know there's uh, there's other stuff I want to see. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, I started watching that Ridley Scott um, Raised by Wolves last night. They dropped oh. the first three episodes. So I originally was not gonna watch that because. You know, the setup is it's like an android that, like a human android that takes 12 embryos to some faraway planet to raise them. And it just looked like, you know, the thing with Alien Covenant where I, I like it, but I'm like, okay, so did Ridley Scott just was like, oh, wow, David, Michael Fassbender's David is the most interesting character to the point where I'll just get rid of all the engineers between movies, not even show them again and just focus on him. So he, you know, like, it's fine if he's going to be the new Ripley, like the, the non-alien center point, but I didn't quite understand that. And then this trailer, I was like, wow, is he so android happy that he's now just going to get rid of all of the alien stuff and just focus on this? And I was totally wrong. He, um, he directed the first two episodes and he's producing it, but he's not the creator. The creator is... Uh, now I cannot find his goddamn name. Our Lord and Savior Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Aaron Guzikowski, who wrote Prisoners, directed ah, by Dennis oh, Villeneuve, wow. which that movie is fucking amazing. So I was like, oh, okay, so this is his vision. So Scott's helping him, you know, he took it on as a project. Obviously, it has similarities to his work. So, but... I'm not, you know, I'm shoehorning it in here. It's not horror. There's gore. There's a way that a certain character kills people that is fucking breathtaking. I mean, like the first time you see it, you're like, what is going on right now? And then you just see it start happening because a lot of people die in the, the first episode. A lot. It's oh, no, because cool. HBO Max is bullshit. Yeah, HBO Max is a little bit of bullshit. They they need to they need to fix their sh their shit. You know, it doesn't work on your Fire Stick. So here's the funny thing: I, a couple weeks ago, our TV died. We bought a 43 inch TV, put it in the living room, Samsung, and HBO Max works with it. So I was like, oh, awesome, right? So we watched that on the living room TV last night. Before that, we we were just jacking. Kirsten's computer into the HDMI port and watching that way, which is fine, but whatever. And Lovecraft Country, which I've been watching and loving, which I know, Anthony, you also have been, that's on HBO. So, like, my HBO uh, subscription in my room on the TV, it's like, it, it, it's HBO now, so it works. 
Raised by Wolves is Max. It's only on Max. And now today we, we bought a 50-inch TV and put it in the living room and moved the 43 into the bedroom because the TV in the bedroom took a shit. And the 50-inch TV, it's a Fire Stick enabled. T- it's like the, it's a Fire Stick TV. No HBO Max. You're fucking kidding me. Nope. So, you know, Kirsten's like, well, you just hook my computer up. But I'm like, you know what? I don't want to just hook your computer up. I want to watch it on my fucking TV. It pisses me off. So HBO, so, fix your shit. Yeah, so we pay, for H- yeah, we pay for HBO service through Amazon. So we're able to watch its programming through Prime. And it's not on there. I'm like, yeah. well, wait a minute. We're, and, and here's the ass kicker is it's the same price as yep. HBO Max. So I'm oh, like, so we're so already paying for it. You would expect there to be like a buff or an upgrade. And there isn't. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Yep. So... I got a, a Roku recently for our Doesn't bedroom. work on that either. Not on the fucking Roku. I'm like, you kidding me, man. <laughs> so I'll get around to that show eventually. Uh, in the interim, I do at least have access to uh, Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. So I'll, I'll be keeping up with that still. Uh, I've yet to see the third episode. I've yet to see it. Um, I plan to double down on that one. And the fourth episode this, this by the end of this weekend. Um, very much looking forward to jumping back into that uh, awesome fucking show for those who haven't been watching. Please, please watch. It's it's better than the book. I mean, the book's great, but it, it it's a little bit more adventurous with what they do in this with the supernatural. Do the third episode's fucking great. Like there is an image in it that I was like, oh man, I'll be seeing that for years. It's it's very good. I I like it quite a bit. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's gonna be fucking fun. It the, every, every episode's been amazing so far that and then the boys just came back and yeah you know, ready for I, that. I, yeah uh, i haven't man. seen it yet don't fucking say nothing <laughs> i haven't i we you know i haven't seen it yet either i started rewatching the first season with kirsten because she hadn't seen it so um but i'm i'm reading there's a new boys comic uh dear becky and uh it's it just put me in the mood you know i watched uh the female destroy a couple of thor um thorish viking characters in the in the third uh or fourth issue and it just i was like wow it's been a while so Pretty yeah all right well um all right guys it's been real we lost tori halfway through <laughs> but, uh it was good to have her good to see you guys and uh we'll do another one soon so cool for the visions of horror wait no <laughs> for, the virgin of horror. The horror site. No, hold on. For fantasy football. No. For the horror vision. Yeah. I am Sean. I am Anthony. I'm Ray. <laughs> we did that both at the same time. What, that oh, what, what the listeners will never know is that a cosmic ray came down and combined Anthony and Ray into the same form. As that happened, so that's why that happened. So he's he's now Ranthony. We're like the thing with two heads. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we got a huger wiener now too. Ladies oh yeah. There you go. So look for that podcast, huger wiener. Now <laughs> that'll be coming soon. That'll be our sister podcast. So all right, gentlemen, stay safe. Right. Stay winning. You too. Later. Later. Take care.